0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Looked, looked Lowe looked under and over. Still have not found him. Meanwhile, it sits in our living room, naked. Hell oh, yes, Mr. Rob thank you very much. Me, Mike, the host of Mike Davidson Lives. It's the podcast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for hanging out with me here for the next half hour or so. Glad you can make it. As uh, we're about a week away from Christmas, right in the thick of the holiday season, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you got some time off. And if you're working, hopefully, uh, you're you're half-assing it in a little bit. And that's not a big deal because you know a lot of uh, businesses and industries kind of half-ass it uh, getting closer and closer to Christmas and New Year's. Um, We got a half-assed Christmas tree. Uh, It's standing up in our living room. It's got the lights wrapped up. It's uh, all lit up, ready to go, but we cannot find the damn ornaments. Don't know what happened to them. We're hoping to God we didn't throw them away or recycle them. But I've been looking all over the place, all over the place, have no idea what has happened to them. Uh, but it's, it's just been very frustrating for me. I, I don't think my wife really cares all that much. At least she doesn't let on, but, I mean, there's... It's one of those things where there's, like, some sentimental ornaments in there, and it, if if they are lost to the Four Winds, I'm going to be very, very upset. Like, you know, baby's first Christmas ornaments. I've got three of those babies, uh, six, four, and two. Uh, got some wedding-related ornaments. It's, you know, just uh, a tree should look like it means something, right? And I uh, cannot find the box of ornaments. Don't know where they're at. We'll have to look again before I had to work Monday morning. Uh, by the way, critique of the kids. And I, and I know it's kind of unfair, given that, again, 6, 4, and 2. But it is very hard for me to watch a movie I want to watch or anything I want to watch with them around. And, no, I, I don't like pop in Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas when they're around that's just that's not good parenting I'm talking like things like uh, a Christmas story finally got around to watching it for the first time this season uh, This earlier this evening Great movie well written very funny But they all have very 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 short attention spans And if they weren't like uh, Playing or jumping on things they were asking questions when they should have been paying attention Kind of frustrating, really. Um, and I was like, kind of talking about it with my wife. And she goes, well, you know, we're in a different generation. Whereas, like, back in the day, you would sit down and you would watch what's on. Whereas opposed to uh, now, you know, you have all these distractions. You, you really don't have that. But I, I'm not so sure. Because I've seen that boy, that Logan, sit on the couch, not do a damn thing when Paw Patrol or Spongebob is, is streaming. So I guess it's just it's a matter of taste, matter of uh, whatever. I'm hoping to watch it again when uh, when they're all bed or you know off to college and have jobs. By the way, Monday, happy birthday to Keith Richards, 80 years old. Yeah, and the Rolling Stones still putting out music, still touring. Uh, j- just a legend, just a legend. And uh, you know, I was talking with. Uh, Old college pals, uh, you know uh, uh, James Bennett, Kelly Rector, not too long ago. And my whole gripe about a lot of rock music nowadays is just production sucks. Everything's just recorded loud, too sterilized. No, no guitar solos, none of that crap. Uh, Keith Richards' life, which is a pretty big book, uh, he talked about. You know, fundamentally, like uh, how he and Mick Jagger have uh, disagreements as to how to record an album you know Mick wants to do it you know top-of-the-line studios rent out rooms okay we have to sound like this this Keith Keith would record this thing in an outhouse if he could get good sound and I know that sounds kind of strange but that's just him. he's his thing is like you know you can mic up the drums all you want but you're not just recording that you're recording the room where this music is being played and I think i because it kind of gives it that atmosphere kind of gives it the uh, a feel and there just isn't that with a lot of songs nowadays he's very uh, very smart uh, even though a lot of the things that he's ingested okay not not so smart but uh, if he if there's a rock book you should read Keith Richards life Um, some pretty good stuff in All alright so my Colts still alive in the uh, the playoff hunt Uh, they are actually sitting at seven in the seating however Kind of, sort of tied three ways in the AFC South now with the Houston Texans winning today and the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, losing. Uh, all three teams eight and six, uh, but uh, uh, the Jags have the tiebreaker because they've beaten the Colts twice this season. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how it plays out. But I was watching the game Saturday, Colts Steelers, and uh, there was a. a, a Third quarter, what looked to be either a dead ball or a turnover, and thankfully went to the Colts' favor. But uh, they're trying to sort it out. You know, they're doing the instant review, uh, instant replay, and the NFL Network wanted to cut away to commercials, and Rich Eisen kind of made a passing glance. Well, I guess uh, I guess the network wants to play its commercials. We'll be right back. Um, and uh, a lot of people uh, took notice of that, and I'm thinking, wow, kind of kind of a bite the hand that feeds you, but at the same time. He's in the booth with Kurt Warner. They're, you know, they're trying to call a game and they're trying to, you know, tell people what's going on. It's kind of hard to do that when you're playing all those progressive commercials. Um, and and I thought they did all right. You could tell that they normally don't go in the broadcast booth, but they don't sound like idiots. Uh, Rich, Rich and Kurt, but uh, Colts got out over the Steelers. By the way, kind of. Uh, uh, crestfallen because that was the first win the Colts had, had over the Steelers in 15 years. Last time was in Pittsburgh 2008 when Peyton Manning was was the quarterback. Better times for that team, by the way. Uh, better times for the legendary Al Michaels. He uh, apparently will not be doing a playoff game with NBC this year. He's now over at Amazon uh, doing the Thursday night games and uh, last year uh, they let him do a wild card game. And now and is you know, still in my book top-notch play-by-play guy. Um, I know there were some crit- uh, critiques about him. You know, not sounding enthused with the Thursday night games, but you know, hell, uh, you've seen some of these Thursday night games they had. I mean, it's kind of hard to sell. You know, the Chargers getting their ba- brains bashed in by the Raiders there. Um, but I guess, according to the New York Post, and th- this is all um, this is all rumored. They're not going to have Al Michaels do a wild card game this year for NBC because uh, comments he made about Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, where you know everybody's like, "Oh, look, she's in the audience and uh, in the stands," and uh, in, by stands I mean box, uh, she's up there, you know, cheering them on. Isn't that cool? Taylor Swift is watching football. You are watching Taylor Swift watch football, and he goes like, "You know, I I, I just want to keep the focus on the game." And that's allegedly why he got. <laughs> that's why allegedly why he got uh, put on the sidelines. And there's actually some Swifties online celebrating this because uh, they believe in the one true Taylor Christ. I think it's a load of BS um, if that is true. And again, this is all alleged um, because Al Michaels was the Miracle on Ice guy. This guy has has a resume, and he deserves more than that. Taylor Swift, you know, if her and Travis Kelsey broke up tomorrow, you wouldn't see her ass in a skybox at an NFL game. She'd be doing whatever she does, right? Um, so to to do this to a guy, if this is all true, is petty as hell. Uh, and anybody celebrating him getting sidelined for this comment, you know, focusing on his day job, uh, you're, you're not a fan of football to begin with, end of story. Dion Sanders, by the way, this, this is... Kind of, again in the realm of um, allegations uh, was this Maddox cop uh, he was a quarterback with uh, Colorado before Dion took over he was like a sophomore um and you know the, the old coach got fired Dion's coming in well uh cop has uh, testified of uh, just earlier this week trying to get some of these restrictions about playing removed for the uh, the NCAA. And it kind of makes sense with this nightmare scenario of uh, NILs and transfer portals and all this crap. Um, because, you know, he, he had to transfer over to Miami of Ohio, but because of the um, <clears throat> situation he was in, he couldn't play football until after exam week, I think, this past, uh, this past week. So his first game would have been in a bowl game. Uh, But he was talking about how when uh, Deion Sanders came on, he basically looked at the quarterbacks and said, hey, uh, I'm bringing on my son, he's the starter, and it's your guys' job to make him as good as possible. He's telling this to the backup quarterbacks. He's not saying, hey, we're going to have tryouts, Uh, we're going to see who's going to be the best guy for the the game. He just says, yeah, my son is going to be the quarterback, and uh, you guys are to make him look good. Don't. Don't be ready just in case you know he blows out a knee or something to take that step. Don't think you have a shot at this. My son is getting the job because I'm uh, I'm the head guy. That's that's what uh, Maddox Coppa was basically saying in the uh, uh, in the testimony here. And you know it, it's you know his word against Dion's. So I mean that may not be the uh, exact picture here. But you know given given how his son has been on the field and his own opinions of himself and the fact that uh, he's driving around uh, the Colorado campus in a uh, Rolls Royce Phantom, you know, uh, an economy car, um, I Deion Sanders does kind of come off as the Little League dad coach, where it's like, all right, guys, listen, I want you guys to give 110%. Also... My son is going to be the starting pitcher opening day, and he's going to be the ace, and uh, he's going to be the cleanup hitter. My son is going to do it all. And that's what this kind of feels like with uh, him putting his son in the quarterback slot here. Um, and it's kind of laughable now because, uh, you know, we're, we're coming, we're coming. That's what Deion Sanders said uh, when he took over the program. Uh, they started out 3-0, and now they're like, yeah, they they finished out 4-8. and So, um, that there might be something there with uh, with Maddox Cop and his uh, his word against Dion, but yeah, it, it is kind of uh, it's kind of bad. Like if you're in that situation and you want to play someplace, you can't because of some rules. But then again, uh, the NCAA in its quest for money has made things so effing convoluted to begin with. Uh, yeah, I was a little downhearted uh... to see the uh, the great andre Brauer pass away last week at the age of sixty-one again from uh, our lung cancer um, uh, david simon uh... noted author and of course uh... was showrunner for homicide life on the streets um, as well as uh... the wire uh... recently leaked that uh... homicide could be streaming someplace on one of these platforms soon. they're trying to finalize a deal uh, what's held it up in limbo is uh, music rights, because uh, with streaming, with uh, even when, uh, with the box sets, DVDs, and everything, uh, years ago when people were buying, you know, season five of Monk or whatever, uh, you you couldn't use certain music because of ASCAP stuff. Artists want to get paid. Uh, but David Simon says it's looking more likely that this is going to happen in the near future. And for the the Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans uh, who saw Andre Brar in a, uh, a comedic role, I think you, if given the chance, you would just be blown away by uh, his performance as de- uh, Detective Frank Bimbleton. Uh, I w- if, if it's on one of the um, uh, streamers we have here in the house, I will definitely re-binge that, re-watch it. It was a great show. Uh, one thing that you're not going to see anytime soon is a uh, reboot of Everybody Loves Raymond. Ray Romano recently said, you know, he was asked that question because, you know, Frasier's uh, got a reboot. And, uh, you know, a lot of shows, uh, you know, that were, you know, big hits back in the 90s and early part of 2000s, uh, they get a reboot or a reimagining or whatever. Uh, and he said that he wouldn't do it because, you know, uh, Peter Boyle and Doris Roberts, who played his parents, are no longer with us. And he said that uh, reboots are never as good as the originals, and he's right because I, it kind of goes back to this nostalgia trap culture we got about uh, how we look back at things we grew up with, how we loved those shows, how funny they were, how intense they were, whatever it is, and then the reboot happens, and it, it's nothing like the original. It's you cannot capture lightning in a bottle twice. Not that way, anyway. You know, it, it looks like Ray Romano's got other things going on in his life, and he, you know, he, he he made some bank on that show. That was a big show for CBS, so he's moved on. Uh, and um, one guy that's not moving on, uh, and, and with good reason here, Christopher Nolan. Uh, as you know, he's um he's been reluctant to join the the streaming circus these last few years. You know, oh, everybody's streaming everything. You know even in the pandemic when they were telling him everybody to stay home not go to the movie theaters and uh tenant took a hit because of that you know he held firm he was like you know the best way to see movies is in the theater and he recently said with oppenheimer coming out on blu-ray hey uh you should own a copy of this dvd you should own a copy Um, You know, and you can play it whenever you want. That's the beauty of owning a DVD. Whereas, you know, a streamer will say, well, you can stream this and a whole bunch of other things you won't look at if you pay a monthly subscription. Well, a lot of people took his uh, advice to heart and uh, Blu-ray 4K uh, uh, DVDs, uh, the the Blu-rays anyway, they sold out. And I think this is like the first time it's happened for a movie in about a decade and that kind of shows the drawing power that Nolan has. But he's, he's highlighting something here. If you have a chance to own a good movie, wouldn't you want to own that movie? I mean, okay, The Godfather. You love The Godfather, but you got Netflix and it's streaming somewhere else. Does that mean you're going to buy another uh, subscribe to another streaming service to catch that? Or would you go out of your way to go buy The Godfather on DVD? You know, it... It's right there. You can mix and match your own library. You know, Having your own library as something is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I, I think you have to be a little selective, though, about uh, the movies you have in your library because you don't want to end up uh, the subject of hoarders one day. Um, yeah, The bathroom was just filled with the police academy DVDs. Um, yeah, you, you don't get too carried away about owning every movie ever made. Um, but I, I think he's got a point. Having movies you love at your dispos- disposal whenever you want to watch them is still a very splendid thing. And you get a chance to go out and buy those movies. I, you know, and people could say, well, streaming is the way of the future, but they have still yet to figure out how to make streaming platforms viable. And by the way, on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, um, and there's another story I want to get back to here in a few moments, but since I'm I'm rolling, on on the Facebook page, they were talking about how um, Netflix put out their streaming numbers earlier this week, and uh, it was actually kind of eye opening for a lot of people because you have the shows, the buzz shows that everybody talks about on uh, on uh, the internet, like your Bridgertons or The Crown. Uh, Stranger Things is a legit hit for Netflix, but you know. Um, There are a lot of shows that don't get numbers like you think they would. Um, Like, they have the rights to Better Call Saul, which I find to be a very good show. Uh, But it gets outstreamed by white chicks, unfortunately. It's, yeah. But uh, the numbers revealed for, like, something, say, The Crown, which uh, its fifth season premiered last, uh, last year, November. And uh, given the ranking of shows and movies, it came in at 153. Uh, but you would swear, you would swear by uh, all the critical talk that everybody was watching this show, right? Or uh, let's talk about uh, The Witcher, which, you know, a lot of people like Henry Cavill, uh, I think, uh, see, their previous, the previous two seasons, uh, first one came in at 165 as a ranking. 227 as a ranking, but the third season, which was uh, mostly Cavalless, uh <laughs> yeah, Henry Cavalless, uh uh did not top, crack the top five fifty. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that people buzz about on the internet, not real life, which should tell you something. Uh kind of goes back to what I was talking about with uh, you know the vegan burger craze in restaurants you know you got these uh, these restaurants in California going back to beef well i guess the same could be said for a lot of these uh, art house darling shows not not to say that the witchers an art house D- darling show i mean it, it had a niche audience but i'm just talking about in general these these buzz shows that only critics talk about that no one else watches now actors and actresses um, you know in in the pursuit to be more um, to to look more artsy, to look more sophisticated, above common taste, they they will you know thumb their noses up at uh, certain genres like you know the comic book in uh, movie, uh, which is uh, had a crappy year this year overall. Uh, you know Martin Scorsese, a director I like, he's not a big comic book movie fan, but uh, you know to each their own. But it, it's always amazing you know, like these actors and actresses that are involved in them. Who are just day? Hey, I can't wait to get out of this. I can't wait to do this and do this. And you, you never hear from them again. They never had that success. Gary Oldman, Oscar winner Gary Oldman, I might add. Uh, he I guess he was on Drew Barrymore uh, earlier this week. Uh, she was not stroking him uh, like she did Oprah, which was weird. Did, did you see that? She was she had her hands on Oprah like her arm, and it was. It was really, really, like, 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 I don't think a beautician would touch hands as much as Drew Barrymore was touching Oprah's hands. I digress, but uh, Gary Oldman was not stroked. He was on uh, Drew Barrymore, and he talked about how, like, being involved in the Harry Potter movies and the Dark Knight movies saved his career. And what he meant by that was like back in the early 2000s a lot of movies uh, the productions were being shipped over to uh various parts of europe and he didn't want to travel he wanted to spend more time at home with his kids you know he didn't want a nanny to be raising his sons all the time that that's what he said so you know when he had productions that were closer to home like say the united states uh he took them up you know he uh you know he went to do some movies on the harry potter franchise. It was Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy, and he said that was a, a great benefit. And he talked about again Christopher Nolan, very very professional, and kept things running on time. And it's such a refreshing change to hear that because you know he, after his involvement with us, he, he's not crapping all over him. And he went on to win the Oscar for playing uh, Winston Churchill. So I mean, very cool stuff. He seems like he's very grateful for the uh, the opportunities he's had. All right, bad opportunities ahead for uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a great year for them, hasn't it? Um, well, 2024 will be interesting uh, because uh, Walt Disney Company has been around for over 100 years. And apparently, some copyrights are about to become public domain. That includes Mickey Mouse, but not not him entirely mickey mouse in his uh, steamboat Willie era will become uh, public domain so there will be companies looking to cash in on that and put his likeness on a whole bunch of stuff so you think you're out there buying disney stuff but let's not forget too that winnie the pooh um, uh, you know he's public domain a lot of people forget that Uh was not created by disney it was created by an author and uh... His likeness has been featured in other places like, uh, was it the Blood and Honey horror movie? Like him and Piglet were out killing people. So you could see a Steamboat Willie horror movie. Or, you know, if if Pornhub is as classy as it lets on, you could see their version of Steamboat Willie. You can use your imagination on that. Um, But yeah, so it's kind of interesting to think about it because a lot of our pop culture that we've grown up with, You know is eventually going to get in the hands of other people it will become public domain and they can do what they want with those characters and how this will affect Disney in the long term. I mean, this is only like a small chunk of the image of Disney. It's kind of a wait and see thing. But then again, you know, a lot of their uh, princess movies come from uh, stories that are in the public domain. But once their characters say like your Mickey's, your Goofies, your Donalds, that will be very interesting to see. Uh, Chris Cuomo, you remember him? He was on CNN, uh, obnoxious guy. Uh, he got fired. Uh, now he's on News Nation. He got cussed out and flipped off by a, a woman with uh, Tourette's last week in a live interview. She was dropping f bombs and told him, t- told Chris Cuomo to f off, uh, which. We all have done at one point or another, right? Um, but to his credit, and I'll give him credit here, uh, he did laugh about it. Uh, you know, he, he didn't get all uptight like he usually does about crap, um, and uh, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, you know, cut away. He just. He kind of rolled with it, um, and it's hard. And, you know, there's probably some advocates for uh, Tourette's that are going to be like, well, that wasn't very nice, that wasn't very classy. But what do you do when somebody just in the middle of an interview or a conversation just starts shouting random profanity? I mean, I I, I don't know, man. I, I It would hard. It'd be hard for me to keep a straight face. Um, But that is linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page if you want to take a look at that. By the way, um, over in Iowa, I, I alluded to this. Uh, not too long ago, they had the Satan, the Church of Satan or the Temple of Satan uh, uh, statue or uh, display. Uh, it was a holiday display in the state capital of Iowa. A man from Mississippi drove up recently and tore it down, destroyed it. Uh, he he got charged. He made bail. Satanists are uh, upset about it. But, I mean, I think the best way to beat the charges... If I'm this Mississippi man, you know, goes up and destroys the Satan statue, right? I think the best way to beat the charges is to have a lawyer that somehow proves that this uh, this was basically uh, an ode to slavery that that this that this Satan statue was in fact a Confederate general. You do that, nobody's going to say crap about you tearing something down. You just call him, you know, Stonewall Beelzebub, and there you have it. You know, down with Satan, right? That's how I would do it. Okay, so, kind of a, I don't know if this is a big story. It It's it's one of those things where I kind of roll my eyes and I go, yeah, it figures. It figures, because it's D.C., but uh, there is allegedly, well, this, this is, I guess, an aid to a senator out there. Uh, he was in one of the hearing rooms with another man, filming gay sex, like they were going at it, and somehow the video leaked, and now it's a kind of a another one of those big brouhahas out there. I'm not saying it's not a big deal because well, it just shows you how classy these people are that don't uh, want to dictate how you live, but it's it's just not surprising, giving the qual uh, the quality. Of uh, people we elect to Washington and uh, the people they handpicked to go out and serve them. By the way, um, to to this staffer and his boyfriend or his uh, his, his hookup or anything, when, when somebody says go get a room, that usually means hotel room. I not not in a Senate hearing room. Not at all. No, um, it's it's bad enough. Uh, given the fact we've had uh, you know Ted Kennedy in those rooms, let's not let's not have like any form of sex in these <laughs> hearing rooms. Oh my God! Also creepy around the uh, the D.C. area. This is out in Arlington, the uh, the suburbs. I guess uh, the Christmas purge is in uh, full effect. A dude dressed up as a gingerbread man was trying to get into people's houses and was freaking them out. Um, they, there's like doorbell cameras and everything of this guy walking around, pulling the door knobs, nothing happening, nothing doing. I don't think anybody was hurt. Uh, somebody did talk with, uh, uh, the gingerbread man here and I guess he was looking for a friend's house. First of all, um, if you're looking for a friend's house and you're at somebody's door, wouldn't you like ring the doorbell or knock on the door and not try to open the door? And he could tell that this is in suburban D.C. because if he did this out in the western part of Virginia, out in the mountains, uh, trying to get in somebody's house dressed as a, can- a gingerbread man, uh dude would, dude would have a bunch of buckshot in his chest. It, he, he'd be done. He'd be done. Uh, not sure what's going on there other than uh, always always like your freaking doors. By the way, big seller for Costco this past uh, quarter. Gold bars, like they sold a whole bunch of these. I keep forgetting that Costco sells gold, but they set a record now. They, now the way they got it set up, it's for members obviously, and they got it set up so you can't hoard the gold. You can't build uh, a substantial amount for wealth, but that's not stopping people from buying the gold. They're buying the gold, and and they just ran out. The hot seller for Christmas to show you how, just how the uh, the economy's going. You know, get enough of those gold bars, you could probably buy the uh, the groceries that Kevin McAllister bought in Home Alone, maybe. Uh, and, and finally, to kind of tie it in uh, with the streaming and how I mentioned the uh, the vegan burger thing, right? Uh, how restaurants out in California were having trouble selling it, and again, uh, what you're being told versus the marketplace. Two very different things. Uh, Beyond Meat in 2022, its last full year, reported a uh, $366 million net loss on $418.9 million net revenues, down 9.8% from a year ago. Their stock prices in 2019, $200 a share. This month, early part of December worth about nine dollars because people you know if they want to eat something that tastes like meat they're going to eat meat a lot of people who want vegetables are going to eat vegetables uh, eating vegetables that taste like meat uh, that implies some chemicals right? that's not organic eating either eat the grass or uh, the, the thing that the grass is being fed to Best way to live your life, I guess, to each their own. Uh, but yeah, don't invest in the possible burger. With that all said and done, buy gold. Till next time, stay fresh, cheesecake. You've bread. been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson live.